You're listening to the Build Something Better podcast with AVB, a podcast designed to inspire and educate you on building your dream home. All right. Hello, everyone. We are here today to talk about spring home maintenance tips. And to start us off, I wanted to just ask, what's a general home maintenance tip we should do once the snow melts and we are in spring full fully? Well, coming into spring, there's a few things that you can check all around in your home. Uh, Some of the general uh, throughout would be clean and test your smoke alarms and carbon monoxide testers. Typically in our homes, we do install combination that have both the uh, carbon monoxide detection and fire all in one. So you're simply going to push the test button on the actual smoke detector itself and see if they chain in and all of the alarms go off. Uh, You can do the same on the carbon monoxide detectors, typically labeled with green lettering on there, and it has a separate port for the carbon monoxide detection. If you press that as well, that will test the carbon monoxide portion to make sure that is operation as well. For the carbon monoxide, will that also go off with the others if you push the test button? Correct, specifically on that unit alone. Yep, yep. Good time to also change batteries at that time as well. When you're doing those inspections on those items, there's a door on those that can be easily opened and a new battery installed into that opening. Close that door and then run your test if you did that each spring you'd be sure to have a good fresh battery every year uh, for the battery backup that comes with those units. Um, All of our smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors are hardwired in the house so they typically always have power but in the event of a power outage um, having that battery backup is important. Okay. All right and uh, as far as the electrical goes as well you want to test and reset all your ground fault circuit interrupters, GFCI breakers, uh, on every uh, wet location, kitchen, laundry, bathroom, utility, garage, laundry, etc. cetera. Uh, they do have resets directly on the outlets. You wanna make sure that they press the test re- uh, button on each reset, make sure it clicks and sets off the unit. Basically yep. press the reset button in until it clicks and resets and just make sure each one of those are operational and that they respond correctly. Okay, if it doesn't respond correctly, what is the next step to do? Call an electrician to have that GFCI outlet inspected. There could be a wiring issue or the GFCI outlet itself has gone bad. Okay. Okay. Um, As far as outdoors, uh, all around Uh, And this would be uh, twice a year if you can, but spring is a very opportune time to do this. Uh, You want to check all caulking uh, indoors and out and touch up as required. On some homes, it may be limestone sills. It may be around windows. uh, It could be areas of the roofing where there's counter flashings and things like that. All these areas need to be checked uh, every spring. Make sure nothing has broken away. And if it has, those need to be resealed. Uh, to prevent any kind of water intrusion on the home. Got it. And uh, last, uh, inspect all grout round tile, floor, wall, and touch up as required as well. Uh, This can be important simply because, again, you don't want water intrusion on the interior of your home. Uh, If there are wet locations, showers, et cetera, and you have broken grout around the bottom of the pan, 
um, around any kind of wall niche, anything like that. You want to make sure that that is properly scraped out and a caulk added or more grout added. And that may be a flooring professional that needs to do that for you. Okay. Do you have a recommendation on type of caulk or is it just dependent on what you're caulking and location? All depends on caulking and location. However, most of the time, uh, even if you're dealing with a backsplash tile to a granite top, laminate top, etc., you want to use a silicone uh, caulking. Now, Tech does make a grout match in silicone for everything that they make, so you can actually match the grout color itself. Uh, otherwise, you use a white, a clear, anything like that. The silicone is water resistant and also has the most flexibility, so you have less chance of that cracking out again, making it easier to maintain. Okay. One thing you do want to avoid is using anything with the silicone in it anywhere where it's going to come in contact with something that's been painted. Okay. Uh, silicone caulk, as Paul mentioned, has great adhesion. It has great flexibility. Um, it's perfect for a water area or even used on the outside of your home for uh, resealing around, say, openings for uh, air conditioner unit uh, uh, or even an electrical line that may go from the outside of the house into through the vinyl siding or uh, hardy siding or something of that nature um, at, that works as an excellent sealer. However, using a silicone caulk inside, you have to be careful. You cannot let silicone caulking come in contact with anything that will be painted. Okay. Silicone caulk is non-paintable. Um, you can't prime over it. It's it's the oil and water kind of thing. Uh, okay. Most paints are latex, and that's a water product. Um, mm -hmm. So you need to stay away from using those in those kinds of situations. So okay. countertops, uh, you know, hard surface to hard surface, um, unpainted areas. Silicone's the best bet, uh, but anywhere else where it's going to come in contact with a, a wall, a drywalled wall with paint or trim, um, we'd have to avoid using anything that's silicone, 100% silicone, because um, okay. the paint won't stick if you ever have to touch it up. All right, that's a good tip. Okay, and that's pretty much it for the all around. Okay, great. Do you have anything specific to exterior that would be helpful i know that especially when the snow melts there's things that we can look at um, so the plenty exterior, exterior <laughs> plenty of exterior items to uh, take a look at um, number one would be the garage overhead door uh, you want to make sure it operates pot uh, properly uh, bolts are all tightened um, tracks aren't loose uh, wheel casters aren't loose um, and that the garage overhead door is operating properly chain isn't loose, belt isn't loose, etc. Just a visual inspection as it goes up and down. Uh, make sure everything's tight and nothing has any kind of uh, loose or sloppiness in it. Um, you want to lubricate the springs. Um, all of the rollers can be lubricated as well and track uh, for the overhead door. There are specific um, garage overhead door lubricants that can be purchased at any box store and those tend to work the best. Um, okay. Hinges as well, okay? Um, garage floor drains, uh, you want to make sure that those stay clear. Um, over the winter, a lot of things fall off of cars, dirt, things like that. A lot of times those get down into the drain boxes and start packing those openings. You mm -hmm. want to take those covers off of there, make sure all of that debris is cleaned out and those stay free and clear so they can drain properly. Okay. How deep are those typically? 
Uh, typically about four inches. Um, so they vary, just depends on the type of drain that's in there, but most are a plastic box um, mm -hmm. that we install now, uh, and they are about four, four and a half inches deep. Okay. They're not attached any any way to any drain field or plumbing, if you will. They are simply just a box to allow water to go to. We don't install them on every home, um, but we're allowed or where a client may request them, um, they are installed. But they, they do, as Paul mentioned, need to be cleaned out so that um, material doesn't just build up inside of there from being swept into it or coming off the car, things of that nature. Okay. Okay. Um, you want to do a, uh, a window inspection on all of the windows. Um, make sure the glass is intact and the seals are good. Um, open and close the windows. Make sure that the balances glide up and down and that all glides are attached properly. Um, may want to uh, spray those with a silicone spray. Uh, we do always recommend any kind of lubrication that needs to be done on working parts are all silicone based sprays. They tend not to trap dirt and oils and things like that and keep them free moving. Okay. Um, look at all the screens. Make sure there's no tears in the screens. If there are, uh, mm -hmm. take those out and have those rescreened at your local hardware store. Okay. Um, make sure all weep holes on the outside of the frame. So you typically on the bottom of the frame, you'll see two little weep holes on the bottom of that frame. Uh, doesn't It's not necessarily on every window. It depends on the makeup of them, but a lot of them do have those weep holes. You want to make sure those stay free and clear. Uh, there's no debris caught in those. Okay. Um, is that for like vinyl and wood windows or is it specific to a type? Typically vinyl windows. Uh, most wood windows are going to have a, a tilt sash. Okay. Um, so that would actually allow water to run off of the sash or the, mm -hmm. the, the, sill. the sill, please. Excuse me. Um, but generally on your vinyl windows, that sort of thing, there'll be these slots that are integral into the actual frame of the window. Um, they're also on like patio sliders, things of that nature, um, to allow that water, if it gets in that track, uh, to be able to be removed so it can weep out, hence the name. Okay. Yep. And vinyl windows, you don't have to worry about any kind of rot. Um, obviously they're rot resistant. Um, yeah. However, if a wood clad window is being used, um, you wanna definitely check those frames every year Make sure there's nothing exposed. There's no wood exposed. Metal hasn't separated. Uh, anything like that. Uh, they'll need a little bit more maintenance. And of course, wood sashes that are in these frames need to be checked uh, regularly that they don't have any kind of buildup of moisture and that rot hasn't started on those wood uh, frames. Okay. Something to check for the caulking and things of that nature and painting as well that all kind of reverts to the exterior wood windows as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, you want to visually inspect your roof uh, and siding for any kind of weather damage. Um, of course, we get some ice storms here in Michigan, things like that, high winds. You want to okay. make sure there's no loose pieces of siding and shingle that might have blown up and make mm -hmm. sure that those are repaired uh, so water doesn't get back to the substrate and, of course, uh, intrusion into the home. Uh, check vents, uh, you know, whether it's a plumbing vent, radon vent coming through the roof. They typically put a boot on that. All those boots need to be uh, properly set and intact. Those can dry out and you get a little bit of cracking around those. Uh, okay. Quick inspection, you'll be able to tell if that's uh, breaking loose or has any splits in it. If that's the case, you want to get a uh, roofer to look at that immediately. 
Okay. From looking at your roof, what is the best way to tell, you know, obviously as time goes on, your roof needs to be replaced. What is the best way to tell if you need like a full roof replacement? Weather, uh, time and so on, you're, you're going to start to see things like um, you can get moss or mildew that builds up on a regular basis, especially if you're in an area with overhanging trees. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things we were going to talk about was about cleaning out your gutters on a regular basis. Even mm -hmm. if you have the gutter guards, um, it's a good idea to inspect those gutters and downspouts and so on. But doing those inspections, if you see an enormous amount of the shingle, uh, the, the pellets, if you will, or the stone or the aggregate, the granules that, that the shingles are made of, um, if you see those in your gutter, and you see a lot of them, you know that that protective barrier, which is what those granules do, mm -hmm. uh, has started to wear off more. Okay. Uh, that becomes an indicator. Uh, most shingles and the shingles we use are 25-year rated shingles. Sure. Um, you're going to get a good amount of time. However, um, certain areas, certain conditions, um, it can certainly, you know, be more damaging to the to the shingles over time. Um, exposure to the, the sun on a regular basis on a west side uh, may not be as damaged or may be more damaged, I should say, than, than say the shingles on the east side that doesn't get a, a more pronounced amount of uh, sunlight, things like that. But usually if you see a lot of those excess granules, that's a good indicator that the shingle itself is starting to break down. Okay. Uh, Things like mold and mildew on them uh, is another for sure. Absolutely. Perfect. Even a little bit of curling. If you see a little mm -hmm. bit of curling on those, they're, uh, that means they're getting past their life expectancy a bit. So okay. Great. Okay. All right. Uh, gutters, you want to make sure that the gutters stay clear and confirm that downspout, splash blocks, etc. drain away from the house. So you just want to make sure that all of those are connected. Everything is at least three foot away from the home foundation and then that has good gravity kind of flowing away. Okay. Uh, most everything that we put in uh, basically are put into an ADS or an underground system basically that connect to the end of the downspout and it moves the water away from the foundation. All okay. those pop up into the yard with a four inch cap. Um, you want to make sure that those caps stay very clear uh, they can grow over in time and it actually happens pretty quick. People don't realize that, that really twice a year you should check those okay. and take just a little garden spade and cut around those to make sure that the grass is basically not coming over the top or even encroaching the edge. You want to keep that perfectly clear. You also want to take the caps off of those, reach your hand in there and make sure all debris is cleaned out. Any kind of leaf, uh, organic matter from the roof, uh, a lot of that gets washed down in there and you want to make sure that those stay free and clear. Okay. If you doubt, you can kind of put a hose at the connection end and rinse that out too and just make sure that you have flowing water uh, and everything is free and clear. Um, as far as the gutter itself, um, just make sure that they stay clean. You can get a lot of buildup on it, especially if it doesn't have any sunlight in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, uh, make sure they stay, uh, the leaves stay clear. Um, installing a uh, leaf guard, gutter helmet, stuff like that is a tremendous help as well. Okay. Uh, and always a good idea if you're in a heavily treated area. Sure. Okay. Um, back to the caulking and a little bit on the exterior. That also goes for exterior paint, stained surfaces, especially front doors. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of stained fiberglass doors. Uh, you want to check those about every two to three years. Make sure there's no peeling 
um, of the clear coat on the outside. If there's any compromise of that clear coat whatsoever, definitely want to get that sanded down and a new clear coat put on that door before okay. it starts to break the stain down. Once it breaks the stain down, then the whole thing needs to be stripped and started over. So keeping that clear coat up to date is uh, key. Of course, uh, like a west side facing door is going to break down a lot faster uh, sure. than east west facing door or uh, north south, etc. Mm -hmm. okay. um, clean and seal all exterior concrete. So you just want to make sure that this stays properly power washed, cleaned. Um, an initial build, there's a cure and seal in it, but we do recommend about every three years that a new fresh sealer is put on the concrete. Um, okay. A little more important in driveway sidewalk areas where it may see some runoff from cars mm -hmm. um, and salts. Uh, things like that. You never want to salt your driveway and you want to stay away from ice melters if possible, um, but those are a little more susceptible. Uh, plow trucks come by, kick it up onto your apron, things like that, and that can cause uh, spalling uh, and damage. Uh, same with uh, fertilizers from the yard. As you're fertilizing your yard, that gets onto the concrete. That can do damage as well if it's left on the surface. So a sealer every three years, um, is key and that can be installed with a sprayer or a roller. What is your recommendation? I know this is for the winter, but if you know, shouldn't use salt and you don't really recommend ice melt, what's the best way if you have a really, you know, icy driveway and you don't have a lot of sun that's melting that off? Well, a couple things. You can try some, you know, sand is a good is a good traction maker, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, the key is really keeping your driveway clear. Um, even if it's not being exposed to a lot of sunlight, um, even in the winter, you know, late winters, uh, when we don't have a lot of sun, it's going to get some. And the key is to making sure that those driveways are kept clear. If we're not keeping up on it and we're driving over the top of it regularly and building up an ice layer, um, that's when it becomes an issue. Um, okay. So proper maintenance of making sure that the, either the plow people or your own shoveling that you're doing or snow blowing, um, is, is really correctly removing snow from that surface um, is best. When you need a little extra traction, uh, sand helps quite a bit and that can be usually swept up in the spring mm -hmm. uh, and certainly not going to wear out the, the sealer that's on the concrete. Mm -hmm. uh, when it's absolutely necessary, there are some that are a little more safe, but it would want to be something used as a last resort and you're going to want to make sure you don't let it sit in, in piles um you know so it's well distributed um, across the surface in, in a sparingly used way if that makes sense uh, mm -hmm. so that it's not piling up on that sealer of that concrete because that's when it really becomes a big issue people oh. pour a lot of salt in certain areas typically traffic areas mm -hmm. uh, and and that end you know, in the end, it actually ends up, you know, causing major problems. Okay, so for the ceiling, is that the same kind of maintenance for asphalt as well? Yes, mm -hmm. yep, yep, okay. asphalt will be a similar, uh, different product, but maintenance-wise, something you do want to keep up on. Okay. Um, yep, that's definitely something you want to do on a regular basis as well. Every, you know, depends on, again, where your driveway or how it faces. Um, but most often, you know, every three to five years, you want to be looking at possibly resealing your asphalt. Mm -hmm. um, and when that's sealed more frequently, um, it, it certainly helps the longevity of it as well. Um, sure. Because again, same type of thing. 
uh, road salts, just normal wear and tear, um, have a, a protective barrier there, um, similar to doing your, your deck stains, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about. Okay. Yep. Great. And just make sure all cracks are filled in a timely manner too. Correct. If you do get cracks and splits, you want to make sure that that is filled with a urethane caulk or something to stop water penetration. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And then uh, starting and adjusting your sprinkler system. This can be something done by the homeowner. Um, mm -hmm. Plug in your, your sprinkler system box, your timer box, um, turn the water onto the system and let the system fill. Uh, mm -hmm. Or you could call a professional if you're not comfortable doing that. A Sanderson DeHaan, uh, many different companies in the area do startups in which they would adjust your heads and all of that. So once you do start it up, um, the heads will most likely need to be adjusted. So you have to use the key um, and kind of do the uh, start and stop uh, limitations uh, and just make sure everything's set up properly where it's not spraying the home um, and that you have proper coverage in the yard and check for broken, uh, broken sprinkler heads. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Uh, then you want to test the exterior faucets, all the hose bibs all around the house. Um, all hose bibs that are installed currently are frost free, uh, which means that it holds the water six inches within the wall. However, anytime you use a faucet for the first time in the spring, I always recommend that you run that faucet and then go down to your basement to make sure that there is no leakage within the wall. Typically, okay. if you do fracture and break, it is within the home. You're not going to see evidence from the outside. You're going to see it from inside. So okay. have somebody turn it on, um, somebody waiting in the basement, take a look at those locations where they come through the wall, and just mm -hmm. make sure that you don't have anything uh, leaking. Okay. Okay. And of course, never want to store uh, a hose on the hose bib in the winter. Make sure all hoses are taken off, uh, and that should help uh, with any kind of breakage problem. Make sure also to remove any any splitters that you may have on that hose bib as well. So if you're using a wide connector so you can run two hoses or or sometimes even more, um, or even like a timer that you may have set on it, all of those items need to be removed from that hose bib so that there's nothing attached to that spigot at all. Okay. Uh, so otherwise water can, can freeze up behind those and cause a problem. Got it. Absolutely. All right, and last but not least, on the exterior, uh, just take a good look around your foundation and make sure there's no settling of backfilled soils, uh, and then just fill in where needed. So over time, uh, you can get a little bit of backfill, compaction from water, and you don't want anything kind of moving backward towards the foundation. If you have a back pitch, make sure that's all picked up, soil added, uh, mulch, et cetera, in the beds, and just make sure that you have positive grade away from your foundation. Okay, great. One more thing maybe to touch base because we talked a little bit about the driveway ceilings and so on um, is going to be for decks, patios, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Going to want to make sure that you keep those clean and free of moss and mold and things of that nature building up. Okay. Um, wood decks are typically going to need to be stained or sealed on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So if there's a deck that's done in all treated material, um, then that deck is going to need to have a sealer put on it okay. uh, or a stain and sealer combination put on it. Um, and that needs to be done on a regular basis, sometimes every two to three years. Um, after the first year, it'll have time to have what we call in the business see seasoned, where the sealer that comes with it or in it um, from, the from the company, the manufacturer, will have kind of dried out of it. 
Okay. At that point, that deck needs to be properly cleaned with power washer and usually a good chemical cleaner, um, allowed to dry adequate time, sometimes up to two days, mm -hmm. and then sealed with a good quality deck sealer. Sure. So multiple different options, multiple different companies that are available. Um, mm -hmm. But again, as we talked about with the driveways, as you are doing that process of sealing that deck and handrails and spindles, um, those start to become uh, more protected because you're adding these protective coatings as a regular basis. Helps to eliminate things like wood rot, of uh, decks splitting more than normal. Wood decks will have splits in them. That's okay. normal. But by sealing up those things, we're helping to close that penetration gap. Okay. All of a uh, PVC or uh, composite decking that was that very much used today. Um, mm -hmm. Those are also need to be cleaned on a regular basis. Right. Mold mildew will sit on those, especially depending on the direction they're facing. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that, that can become a problem, not only uh, unsightly, um, sure. but can also become very slippery. Um, mm -hmm. And it deters from the look of your, your deck um, as well. Um, okay. So that's something too needs to be washed on a regular basis to have that nice looking, you know, treated or or PVC or, or composite deck for the spring and summer. Mm -hmm. And lastly, patios are exactly the same thing as a driveway. Okay. Those do, although not get salt typically, um, mm -hmm. you do want to make sure that those are sealed on a regular basis as well. Probably not as often as your driveway, but it will protect that concrete for again over time. Uh, fertilizers, uh, just traffic in general, um, okay. to keep those 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 surfaces, those flat surfaces, um, in good shape. Okay. And is the best way to clean the composite deck just to power wash it? Um, no, there's many different again chemicals. And when I say chemicals, I'm, I'm more apt to say the earth friendly type or eco friendly types sure. today. Um, but there's a lot of those that you can actually spray on with a hose. Okay. Uh, and, and actually sometimes just use a good stiff brush uh, mm -hmm. like on a, on a pole uh, and then rinse them off. Okay. Um, some cases, sure, a power washer is helpful, but usually using some sort of a cleaner um, does so much more than just a power washer. A power okay. washer is a powerful tool. It yep. doesn't necessarily mean that it's cleaning. It's just washing it with water. Yep. Um, so it's important to use those other tools too. Um, a good cleaner goes a long way as opposed to just using a power washer. Sure. Okay. It is always safe too to check the manufacturer details on what you have, whether it's Trex or a different composite product, to get their cleaning recommendation and what's best for their um, surface and product as well. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Right. So do you have any other exterior tips that you wanted to give us? I think that uh, takes care of the exterior. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on today and sharing home tips. This was very beneficial, and I'm sure we will have you on again when the season changes. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Josie. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to learn more about AVB, please visit our website at www.avbimc.com or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.